Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for joining us again today for another episode of Everyday Truth in the book of Mark. Looking forward to continuing our study. We uh, finished, I think last time in verse number 14, just began talking about the public ministry of Christ. So when you think about the human life of Jesus, his time here on earth, you think about that first 30 years, which is really, um, there's not a whole lot of information about it. We know, of course, a lot about Bethlehem and we really don't know a lot, but we know some things about Bethlehem, and we know that Jesus spent some time in, in Egypt as uh, Joseph and Mary took him away from uh, the country during the days of Herod, and then we know that Jesus was raised in Nazareth. So from the time that Jesus uh, is just a little, little baby, a really little boy, until the time he's 30 years of age, we really just know one event in his life. And that's the event in Luke chapter two, when Jesus is 12 years old and his parents uh, forget that he's there and they have to come back and find him. Uh, I must be about my father's business. We know the story there in Luke chapter two. But when Jesus turns 30, after having spent all of this time just living as a carpenter, working and, and living the normal life of a Jewish man, he inaugurates his public ministry. We talked about how he was baptized of John, how that uh, he was tempted of the devil in the wilderness, lived there among the wild beasts, and then began his preaching ministry after that time of temptation. And that's where we are right now. So Luke, uh, Luke Mark chapter 1, and uh, let's just read verse 14. We covered this yesterday or last episode. Now, after that John was put into prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So uh, Jesus is preaching. His ministry is in full swing. And the message he preaches in verse number 15 and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's near. It's right here. It's upon us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So, wow, what an encapsulation of the preaching ministry of Jesus, where the Bible says the time is fulfilled. What does that mean? That means that Jesus' arrival on the scene, his beginning of his ministry, the, the public preaching ministry of Jesus Christ is all according to a timetable. And it's interesting as you study the Bible to note that the ministry of Jesus, the person of Jesus, is the focal point of all of history, his story, history. Uh, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 that when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. And so the, the Bible teaches about Jesus' ministry being the fulfillment of, or the fullness of time, when the time was fulfilled. Well, what time is that? The time of prophecy, the time of pointing, 
uh, the time of setting the stage. Remember, John the Baptist coming and announcing the coming of Messiah. All of this is according to the timetable of the Lord. It might seem like to the Jews, God was late. It might seem like to those of us that are Christians, wow, he came way so long ago at, at just kind of a random time. There is no random time with God. This was all part of God's master plan, the plan of redemption, the redemptive narrative of the Bible, all culminating in the ministry of Jesus. So the Bible says when the time was fulfilled, the, the kingdom of God is at hand. So what does that mean? That means that Jesus in his ministry is the, is the offerer of the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of God, that, that where God's rules are followed, where God's glory is manifested. That's why Jesus taught his disciples later on, hey, pray our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is that kingdom where God demonstrably rules. So when Jesus came to this earth and said, the kingdom of God is at hand, it's near, what that meant was, I, the king, am here. I, the one that rules, I, the one that brings a a new order of things, I am here. Now, ultimately, the Jews rejected him. They did not receive that kingdom that he was offering. They rejected the king and the kingdom. But does that mean that there will never be a physical kingdom in which Jesus will rule? No, not at all. There will be one. We call it the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And those of us that know Christ as Savior, we will return with Jesus and rule and reign with him on this earth for a thousand years. So there will come a physical kingdom time for Jesus, but the kingdom of God is so much more than that. The kingdom of God can be experienced even today. In a sense, when you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you enter the kingdom of God. You are passed from this citizenship of this world, and you are now citizens of heaven. You are part of that kingdom, and we ought to walk by those kingdom rules. In that sense, the kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 14, when he said, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. And so just suffice it to say that what makes it uh, the kingdom is the king. And when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of of God is at hand. And then he said this as a requisite for entering. He said this as a requisite for citizenship in that kingdom. Watch what he says in verse 15. He says, repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So repentance, what is repentance? Repentance literally, literally means to have a change of mind a change of perspective that ultimately will lead us to a change of action, a change of direction. So is repentance the same as a change of action? No, but true repentance will always result in a change of action and a change of direction. Just like faith, true faith will always show up in works. Faith without works is dead. So when Jesus said, repent and believe, he was really saying the same thing from two different perspectives. Why? Because repentance focuses focuses upon that which we are putting our trust in. 
So change your mind about what you are trusting. Change your mind about the direction in which you are headed and believe. Put your faith, your soul's reliance upon, lean your weight entirely upon God. So repent and believe. Uh, the, The word repent is found in the word belief because you can't truly believe on Christ without changing your mind about what you are trusting. You can't truly repent unless you put your faith and trust in Jesus. So there are really two ways of saying the same thing. Uh, Paul said, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when he spoke to the Ephesian elders, he made that distinction. So Jesus in preaching is saying, hey, repent, uh, radically change your thinking. Why? Because in the Jewish preconception of that day, they didn't have a proper thinking about Messiah. Uh, They only saw Messiah as someone that would throw off Roman oppression and rule and reign physically and and give the nation of Israel some status again. But Jesus was saying, no, it's much more than just a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual condition. It's realizing our sinfulness. It's really realizing our need for the righteousness only Jesus can offer. Repent and believe the gospel. And of course, we know the gospel is the good news, the good news of Jesus, the good news that Jesus uh, did for us and provides for us what we cannot provide for ourselves. That's why his substitutionary death, his burial, his resurrection secured for us uh, the righteousness, the righteous standing, the salvation that we can only have in Jesus. So this was the message. And what's very important about the book of Mark, really all the gospels, is that Jesus was on mission. And when Jesus was on mission, the most important thing about his mission to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19, 10, the most important part about his, his mission was his message, the message of the gospel. Now, I think if we look at the gospels, typically what we like to think about are the miracles of Jesus. We'll, we'll talk about some of them, even this chapter. But always understand this, the miracles of Jesus were not the reason he came. Miracles simply validate the message, which was the very mission for which Christ came. So always get those words in their proper order. Jesus is on mission with the message that you and I need, a message of repentance and faith in the gospel. And the miracles are the validators of his identity, of his authority, of of the valid claims he has as the Messiah. So please keep that in mind. Now, quickly, just for sake of time, look at verse number 16, where the Bible says, Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. So I just want to set this up for tomorrow. And that is, Jesus is now going to walk by the seashore. He's watching two brothers that are in the very process of fishing. They're actually casting their nets, hoping to gather some fish, hoping to make some money, hoping to have a successful business. And Jesus is going to call them. Now, here's what I want to say. What's very significant about this is that Peter and Andrew have already voluntarily for a season followed the Lord. So if you read John chapter one, for instance, 
uh, right after the temptations, Jesus was followed by Andrew. And Andrew did go find Peter. And for a season, uh, Andrew and Peter and some others followed the Lord. So now they've gone back to their nets. If you put all this together chronologically, they've gone back to their nets. And Jesus is now formally calling them to forsake what they are doing, to leave their current profession, to follow him by faith, to allow Jesus to do in their lives what only Jesus can do. So I want to talk a little little bit more about that, but we're out of time for today. So let's just stop there right now. We'll come back to verse number 17 uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.